Let's look at something which is absolutely vital for us, I believe, at this time. Something that has caused a bit of controversy with some. And actually, what we're going to look at, I believe, exposes the heart. And it displays whether or not your heart is, I believe, right with God. And I'll say it that uh, solemnly. You know, you've heard me speak a lot about um, John McPhee and the McPhee family and the congregation that was in the south side of Glasgow and, and down at Skelmerley um, in the 20th century. And of course, I got to meet John McPhee's granddaughters and um, they've you know very much passed on the mantle of his work to me in some respects um, and um, passed on that remarkable 100-year prophecy, which was for me. Uh, that they were holding on to. Um, and it really the John McPhee vision, as I would call it, uh, also would call it the Key of David, and, and was all about the fact that um, the royal family, uh, the royal house, the sovereign, the monarch, the king, the queen, that we have in Britain was, first of all, descended from King David, which is quite well known, in various circles, especially British Israelite, but other circles too. And of course, it's it's a belief held within the royal family and they can trace their lineage and ancestry back and there are many charts about that. Um, and so that's important. Of course, it's important in the earth. It's important because the throne of David very much helped shape and form geopolitics up to this day, um, you know, from uh, 3,000 years ago. So it's important to know these things, to understand these things, but also because John McPhee and, and his crowd had this vision of what they called a shepherd king, if you like, well, what I call a shepherd king. Um, they, 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 they had the vision of that. Um, you know, the shepherd king is, is would be my terminology for it, but they had this vision of a king within a king, which, of course, Jesus within a king sitting on the throne of Britain, and that king being sold out to... The Lord and really determined to do God's will and purpose in the earth in these last days. It might not look like that when you look at the royal house right now. Uh, we don't know who that person uh, is. We don't. I don't. I'll, I'll confess. I don't. I have not got that revelation as of yet. But I do believe God's word that that king is coming. Um, whoever it is, a king sold out to the Lord Jesus who will lead Britain in a mighty revival. And of course, all the Old Testament revivals of uh, the the Bible years, the, the kings of Judah, um, the ones that were right with God, they, they led the nation back to the Lord. So what I want what I want to look at um, in relation to that and in reference to that is just a verse. We're going to look at um, some verses on this as we go forward. Now, as I said, I've, I've already podcast stuff on this um, a while back. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, I I don't know how much it was picked up because you know sometimes you get feedback from these podcasts which is great and other times you don't get so much, but it's it's important we address it again. So I'm going to look at a verse in Proverbs, um, just to kick us off into this, and it's so vital. And we'll look at what the verse actually means, and especially into the Hebrew. It says it's Proverbs chapter twenty four verse twenty one. It says, "My son." Fear thou Yahweh and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. Now, what we have to understand about 
the throne in ancient Israel. And then, of course, Israel and Judah split into two. But the Davidic throne stayed with the house of Judah, or the kingdom of Judah. Um, but, of course, this is Solomon in Proverbs, so he's talking about the Davidic throne, is that the throne of David, which was passed on to Solomon and others, was very much connected to uh, the, the relationship that the nation had with Yahweh. And so Yahweh was the king over Israel, but his earthly throne was regarded as being the throne that David and then Solomon sat on. And the throne of David is actually called the throne of the Lord, or the throne of Yahweh in Chronicles. And why that's important to us here in Britain is if the throne of Britain is a continuation uh, a dynastic succession, if you like, from that original throne, then there's an element of our throne in Britain which has that divine dimension. In other words, it's um, it's supposed to be a portal through which God can channel power, kingdom power, his kingdom power, through the occupant of that throne. If, and, and this is the big if, and this is what people don't get, you know, I, I, we talk about the divine right of kings here. Yes, to an extent. And it's the Stuarts that really took that and, and ran with it to an extreme dimension. But what I want to say to you is there is a divine right of kings, particularly on the Davidic throne or the throne of Britain, if the throne of Britain is the continuation of David's throne. But it's not something that you say, well, the king or the queen can do anything they want. They can just get away with murder, they can get away with tyranny or despotism. No. And in fact, that's why I believe that God sent Oliver Cromwell to be a check and balance on the Stuart throne, the Stuart dynasty uh, here in Britain. And of course, Cromwell became Lord Protector and he was offered the throne. Now people say, well, he couldn't, he couldn't take that throne, he wasn't in the line of David. Well, if you actually go and study it out, you'll find that Cromwell was um, very likely of Davidic descent because he was a cousin of the Stuarts. He was, he was, he was related to the Stuarts. That's all by the by. Uh, it is important, but it's only important if you go and study into all that. What I want to say to you here is, in relation to this verse, this verse is telling us don't mess with the king. Fear Yahweh and fear the king. Now, which means to give appropriate awe and reverence and respect and honour to the king. Now, that's, you say, well, that's fine if we've got a godly king. What if we don't? Well, we don't honour necessarily the person then. We honour the office. And that's what a lot of people don't understand when when I say we need to pray for the, the, the throne, we need to pray for our queen, we need to pray for the royal family. People get all upset because, well, they're not living right. You look at Prince Andrew, look at this one, look at that one. Uh, all these stories of occultic activity and involvement and uh, Freemasonry and all that. Well, we abominate all that. Of course we do. But we're not honouring the person so much as we're honouring the institution, the office, the, the, the institution, the instrument of state, which is the throne. We honour uh, the throne. Now, of course, you've got that whole thing about down in London, you've got the crown uh, and, and all of that, which is very much a, a construct of um, a cult and um, uh, involvement. The crown, as, as they call it, 
uh, the city of London, all of that. Well, that's not the throne. Um, and it doesn't mean to say that the crown that our monarchs wear is connected to the city of London and that powerhouse of globalism and uh, the banking system and all that. And you see, well, our, our monarchy's tied up with that, very, very possibly. It's very plausible. And we know that there are connections. Folks, that's why we need to pray. That's the whole thing. God save our queen. God save the queen, our national anthem, is about delivering our queen, our king, when we have a king, from globalism, liberalism, all the isms that represent apostasy and backsliddenness in the nations, and in our nation in particular. So if they're tied up with all these, uh, the cabal as we call them, then we need to pray that that connection is broken so that we can have a godly throne. It's not, well, we support uh, the monarchy, no, no matter what they do. No, folks, we, we support the monarchy as in we support the institution or the throne because Jesus didn't come to set up a republic. He didn't come to bring anarchy. He came to bring the kingdom of God. And I believe that the kingdom of God in God's purpose is to manifest through our united kingdom, through our throne, and through our apparatus of government. And we're not seeing that. We're seeing globalism. We're seeing all the isms. We're seeing wickedness at the heart of government. Of course we are. That's what we need to be praying out. That's what we need to be decreeing into to remove that stuff. So, But what he's saying here is, and this is what I want us to look at very quickly, he says, don't meddle with them that are given to change. Now, uh, other translations would say, uh, do not associate with those given to change or do not join with the rebellious. That's the NIV. And then, of course, don't associate with rebels. So, but the surface meaning here, see that word given to change um, in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word shana. And I've, I've taught this in other podcasts. I've taught this a lot. Over, over the years, but I want to say it again because it, it bears repeating, it's so important. What are the Shana? Well, the, the word Shana in Hebrew means those that, um, it means to double. And, and by doubling, what it means is a little bit like a doppelganger. In other words, what it means is, is that people that are Shana, people that have become Shana, they've changed. They've changed on the inside. They still look like the same people. They still maybe say the same things but there's something inside them has changed and gone away from the original uh, person that they were. And of course, what it really means is it's, it's an apostasy or a repro reprobation of, of the soul of the heart so that those people have become rebels. So, for example, um, in Scotland, we have had a surge in support for the SNP and independence and, of course, republicanism. Now, you say, well, where did that surge come from? Did it come from you know, uh, people that were already that way minded. No, it came from people who were probably raised the opposite way. They were unionists, loyal to Britain, loyal to the throne, but they mutated. And that's the, the, that's the key word. If you go and just check this out, folks, it's, it's important you, you study these things for yourself. Checking strongs. It means to transmute. The word shana means to transmute. In other words, to mutate. There's, there's mutation happening. Um, and mutation means that people change. But the change on mutation normally means the change on the inside. And 
it's an invisible thing sometimes. So Shinar, people who were once with us but no longer with us, like it says in First John, the Antichrist folks, it says they went out from us because they were not of us. So uh, Shinar is maybe an Old Testament word for Antichrist. In other words, people who rebel against God-ordained authority. And they have good reasons. They, they'll tell you all their reasons. Um, but really what it is, at the heart, at the, at the spiritual root of it all, it's just rebellion. It's not, it's not a rational thing in the sense of, well, I looked at this and I saw 140 YouTube videos and I decided that I wasn't going to support the king anymore or the queen anymore or the monarchy anymore. Folks, um, that's, that's not valid. Because the Bible commands us to fear the Lord and the King. And that means to give appropriate response, uh, appropriate respect and honour. Now, we don't, as I said, necessarily support the person or the people. There may be people in our royal house that we just say, well, I can't support. I can't su Personally, I can't support um, the fact that many of the royals are caught up in Freemasonry. I, I don't necessarily... Um, believe a lot of the accounts of people that say, well, the royal family are involved in occult activities. But I will say this, look at the kings of the Bible, and especially even the kings on the, the Davidic throne. Some of them were real bad ones. Manasseh was a terrible king, and in his old age his heart softened, and God showed him some mercy. But folks, we have to understand that kings and prime ministers and presidents they are targeted by the occult. We know this anyway. And sucked into by blackmail and other types of things, bribery, to being instruments of occult powers, globalist powers, all of that. Listen, the conspiracy is real. Read Psalm 2 and tell me there's no conspiracy. And of course, if the kings of the earth are involved, well, maybe are. We've had bad kings. We've had kings who killed Christians. We've also had good monarchs. And it's not the luck of the draw. It's not, you know, oh, well, it's an accident at birth. You might get a good king or a, a bad king or queen or whatever. Folks, it's incumbent upon us to pray. And we're going to look at that um, as we go on with these messages because it's so vital. Our leaders must be prayed for. Our leaders must be decreed over by the word of God and we, we need to start releasing, speaking what we want from our leaders rather than what we have. It's easy to call them reprobates, wicked, all of that, and they are that. And, and there's nothing wrong with identifying them as that. But we need to start decreeing into their future or the future of their office. I, I have a decree, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. I don't want to make this too long, um, that I say... Number 10 down in the street will always be a house of prayer. Now, is it a house of prayer right now? I don't know. But I tell you, it will be. And when it becomes a house of prayer, it will always be because I'm decreeing it and I'm getting other people to decree. So if we will speak what we want, speak what we desire, when we can move mountains, Jesus said it. And you know, mountains in Scripture is a metaphor for kingdoms. And there's an electrifying teaching on that, that Jesus was actually speaking to the disciples about a usurping kingdom that that had taken his place because it was the Herodian dynasty he was speaking about. 
Um, and of course, they were pretenders. They were imposters. Jesus is the true king of Judah, not the Herodians. Um, so we need to speak thy kingdom come into our systems of governance and government. Speak thy kingdom come into our united kingdom, into our monarchy, into our throne, into in every part of the united kingdom, into the British Isles and into parliaments and councils. We need to start speaking God's will be done in these places. And if that means removing wicked rulers and replacing them with godly ones, if that has to happen, if we can't improve the present crop, well, we remove them and we get better folks in. Well, folks, that's all for today. It's so vital that we understand our role in this. God has called us to governance. Ecclesia means governmental assembly. So we need to be speaking these things into reality, uh, manifest reality. They're already reality, of course. God's kingdom rules and reigns on high. But we need to start speaking it into the earth. And he's already set up the apparatus of government in our nations. Um, and, and we just need to speak into them. You know, you want a godly president for the United States of America. You want a godly king or queen on the throne of Britain. You want a godly prime minister, a godly first minister here in Scotland and the other devolved assemblies. And, you know, speaking the will of God may mean that, that devolution um, no longer happens because we maybe don't need it. But we speak God's will. Um, and we speak them into the, the offices of the powers that be. You know, just because of the powers that be doesn't mean to say that the powers that need to be uh, uh, continued. For example, if we've got a bad power, a bad person in the office, then we remove them. Like, like uh, Isaiah prophesied and removed Shebna and to be replaced by Eliakim. So we need to speak those things. We need to decree the will and purpose of God. We're going to look more at this. We're going to, we're going to be quite repetitive in some of this. And I spoke about this an awful lot in the past. And as I said, I podcasted it. But it's so important to get this. That until we start decreeing God's will and purpose, this is not for baby Christians. It's not for woke Christians. And it's not for Christians that just think, well, the, the answer is hand out tracks and evangelize everybody. This is God calling us to a higher level of functioning in his kingdom and in his ecclesia. So till next time, the Lord bless you, folks. Um, and I hope you take these things to heart and start speaking God's will over your nation and over its rulers. Amen. <laughs>